into this Dave we just were bouncing back off of our uh, art as a store of wealth episode now and what are we bringing for them guys we want to talk to you about planes today um, now how we come up with ideas for these episodes is not always clear-cut um, we're gonna talk about supersonic travel yes so the Concorde stuff like that I mean it's not like I just you know looked out of my window and saw the Concorde and you know wanted to make an episode about this <laughs> but <laughs> I think that um, so for a lot of, I guess, the younger generation, even people our age, mm-hmm. haven't heard about the Concorde. Right. Uh, it, it was a supersonic plane, traveled at Mach 2, New York to London in three hours. It ran for a long time from 1970 to, to the early 2000s, and then it stopped. There were a lot of reasons. Um, it was around the time of 9-11. There was a crash, which we'll get to. Very noisy. It was, it was a little noisy. Um, like our audio from previous videos. Dave, don't bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so yeah, there's a lot of new companies now that are being heavily invested in from NASA, from uh, other airlines yeah. that want to introduce new supersonic offerings. So the idea of it sounds great. Yes. Right? You make a nine-hour trip, three hours, and you know, you're, you're there in a, in a jiffy. Exactly. But what, what are the problems with it? Tell me about the crash. So the crash wasn't actually the fault of the Concorde. It was about to take off. Mm-hmm. Forget from, it was from Charles de Gaulle in Paris. There was a piece of debris on the runway, punctured the tire, uh, because there were Concorde-specific tires that had to land in yeah. it, it, some sort of compound. Mm-hmm. Uh, plane crash unfortunately killed everyone on board. Like 100 lives were lost. It, they didn't close the project down right after. There was talk of profit. Um, and I want to speak about profit because the Concorde was actually profitable, at least in my, uh, from my it was, yeah. general scope of things. Uh, right before they shut down the Concorde, they lowered prices. So they made the tickets more like business class instead mm-hmm. of first class prices. Uh, and it was more profitable than ever before, even with more expensive prices. But the way that I see it for new airlines is more like a premium offering. Yeah. So what's it called? Boom? Yes, yes. Uh, that, what's it called? Boom Super... Supersonic. That, that's, that's the name that, that it, they gave for it, right? That's being looked at as like an ultra luxury type of mm-hmm. uh, airplane, I guess. Right. Uh, and the, they have the very fancy reclining seats. I'm sure the service on it is going to be great, like thousands of dollars uh, per ticket. And I, I think they actually... Kind of like to, to our studio, right? Yeah. Similar pricing. Exactly. Uh, very ultra high net worth individuals. <laughs> that, that's the target target market. But yeah, and, and uh, I think they are working with NASA actually, and they're trying to figure out a way for them to be able to fly over land. Right. So not just transatlantic, but they want to make it more accessible for, I guess, throughout the United because States. Because that was the issue with supersonic flight. Once you broke the sound barrier, you would have a huge sonic boom. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's why they only really fly transatlantic. They can't even fly transpacific because they burn through fuel so quickly. Yeah. And the planes are smaller. Mm-hmm. What they're working on with NASA is making a sonic thump. 
Uh, I don't know if Boom specifically is doing this, but there's companies that are working on it. And they change the shape of the aircraft to make it's still a sonic boom, you know, on paper, but it's mm -hmm. much, much quieter and it's more palatable to people. Why is this in NASA's interest, though? Because I think this is technology that can be used for military planes. Mm. You know, I was wondering that. I was wondering, like, if if this is just being released, like for us, like as a general public, that we can use a plane like this. I can't even imagine the kind of planes that the military are have and like would be willing to. A hundred percent bring out. It's crazy. I mean, if you think about it, at a speed of Mach five, uh, there's another company uh, whose name is escaping me at the moment. But you get from New York to London an hour and a half, right? That's Mach five. Yeah. Now think about it. There were planes in testing that traveled Mach ten. That's forty five minutes from New York to, uh, to, Paris, to Paris. New York to Paris. Yeah. Forty five minutes. That's crazy. I mean, there's no plane in the Air Force One that we know of that travels that quickly. But I'm sure if the president needs to get somewhere, there's like... What What I was also thinking of was, why aren't these planes already in use for like private jets, for example? Like, I would assume like the Bill Gates or Musk's, like if, if they have a business meeting, they want to get to Japan in two hours, like why not bring out their private jet and the PJ? Yeah, get, get over there super quickly. I mean, so that's the thing, because it's sort of limiting them. It's illegal to fly over land with a sonic boom. The yeah. United States and the European Union restricted it. Uh, so, for example, if we do have a business meeting in London, yeah, uh, yeah, and then we have to go to Tokyo for the pod, mm -hmm. um, we can't fly over land. Right. So I know that there's companies that they want to have, so ideally, the sonic thump, so it's quieter. Um, and you can fly over land with it. Yeah. So there will definitely be, you know, private jet concepts for this because it's not just air. There's, for example, like a 747 that you would fly on domestically. Uh, people buy that for private use, believe it or not. Yeah. I actually saw somewhere something about how with uh, the, these new whatever supersonic planes that are going to be released, if a business wants to, for example, get their employee over to London, let's say, to, to work in their corporate headquarters like mm -hmm. whatever the case may be uh and they decide to let them like give them a ticket whatever get them over there quickly uh apparently there's concerns that with the speed that it's going on because of the time difference it's like it would actually decrease productivity for them a lot because they might take it and then by the time they get there it's like they haven't been able to get the chance to sleep but then it's already the new working day like something like that so i'm curious how it would play out with the different time zones because you can't fight with circadian rhythms, mm -hmm. I guess. It's very inhuman. I mean, even before when we had air travel, before air travel, I mean, jet lag didn't exist. Yeah. You know, So human beings have been evolving. Uh, well, some of us have been for a long time. Um, and, <laughs> and all of a sudden, <laughs> you fly someone into a new environment, and you know it's nighttime, they're expecting it to be daytime. It's a little bit confusing. Yeah, exactly. And you can't expect them to like hit the ground running uh, right away in those cases. So I mean, it's it's funny though. Like when you think about it, the, the way that the time zones would work, like you're really beating like the. the but I think, for block. example, for an airline like United, who invested heavily into Boom Supersonic, yeah, for them it's like a premium offering. So even if you're not profiting directly off the supersonic plane, it makes you look like like a fashion forward brand. You know, you're investing into new things, and it makes your other offerings look cheaper. It's like how when you walk into a movie theater, smallest three. Larger seven, medium is six. You know, so once you jump up, yeah. you might as well get the larger one. Question for you, or I, I mean, I, I haven't really thought about this until now, but would this be more sustainable for the environment compared to a regular plane? 
How does this play out for our ESG guys at BlackRock? <laughs> I don't think Larry Fink would be. Larry Fink would fly on this plane, but it wouldn't. It would be hypocritical. They burned through a crazy amount of fuel. Uh-huh. The Concorde used a ton of fuel just to take off, like two thousand pounds of uh, jet fuel. But Boom Supersonic wants to use a sustainable. Yeah, I, I saw somewhere that they're planning on using some kind of sustainable approach to it. Yes, I mean the engineering that goes into these planes is insane. Uh, they're, I mean, as streamlined as they could be. The engines are as efficient as they could possibly be there's this uh the, it's called the chimera engine morphing multiple engines into one so it performs differently like when you're taking off it's like a normal airplane engine then right. when you're going supersonic it's another type of engine and then yeah. when you're cruising it's a, something I, so, else so i was actually thinking about this because let's say uh as we said it's very noisy if you want to for example land when you're landing and it's above the uh, like city areas, there you would probably want to switch to something more quieter. You don't need to be going as quickly. Yeah, like in a hybrid, you switch to the yeah. to the battery mode. I know it, it's amazing, but what's interesting is if we look back at the Concorde, the, the other factors have made supersonic jets sort of unnecessary. You know, if before you the Concorde is convenient because you could fly to London and back in a day get a meeting done, now you could just hop on Zoom. You know, true. So there have other there are other things that have happened that have made these supersonic jets unnecessary to an extent maybe to an extent in the way that we see them now but i think if down the line they're able to really perfect this thump technology and now it's really like not not an issue with the noise or at least to like a a much smaller degree why wouldn't you take like a a much faster approach to get somewhere especially if it's more affordable yeah, the private jet market I think is going to be huge for stuff like this. Um, I, yeah, just because it's you know Absolutely. it's the newest, next greatest thing. Uh, there's a company offering them for 120 million dollars, uh, and all of this is very theoretical, by the way. There there aren't planes in operation like this. They're aiming for 2026, uh, 2029. But I do think that within our lifetimes, we will be able to get to Europe within you know two three hours. I'm wondering if there would be a specific kind of training that pilots would need to go to, like if it's drastically different than flying a regular plane right so our friend uh, who works at NASA uh, whose name we can't really yeah disclose closed uh, she was saying that test pilots at astronauts they needed to know how to fly supersonic planes mm-hmm. um, because I don't know exactly what the reasoning is because the people who flew on the Concorde said it didn't feel different from a normal plane like you didn't know you were traveling twice the speed of sound yeah unless you looked at the speedometer thing mm-hmm. um, but yeah it's not as taxing on the body I was as thinking, you think like, as a passenger, I'm, I would be wondering if that kind of speed would have some crazy, like, feeling it, as you're. It's more so the ex- the acceleration. I think that would be an issue. You're also flying at a different altitude. So regular planes would fly at thirty, forty thousand feet. Supersonic planes, you're talking about eighty thousand feet up in the air, just because the you know it's it's thinner, it's easier to cut through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What kind of capacity are like Boom, for example, planning on on bringing out? Like, how many passengers fit on it? So they're scaling up to between eighty and hundred passengers, just because it makes sense for it to be smaller. That's why the tickets are so expensive because the cost isn't divided as evenly. Um, like, you don't have hundreds of seats on the plane, yeah. so that you're still paying. Um, but they're building up from a smaller prototype. So a lot of these companies, they build a much smaller version with just one pilot just to get yeah. the numbers down. Uh, they run their calculus, whatever, uh, play around on their computers. And then they build up a larger version of that plane that then you know fits people and, and hopefully doesn't crash. Um, but that being said, these things are very far into the future. Yeah. How, how soon do you think we are to 
like a first commercial flight being in use um, on these new startups? I'm assuming on Wall Street, like these are going to hit the ground running if any of them IPO. Yeah, in my in my professional opinion, I think that soon we're going to hear a lot more about this. We're not financial advisors. <laughs> we're soon going to hear a lot more about this. And you're right. I mean, our IPO shorts are going to be on fire once these companies come out. Um, but I think in the within five to ten years, we'll see prototypes. Twenty thirty ish. Yeah, United already target date. Yeah, yeah. You when we're the next Larry Finks. Yeah. Um, we're eradicating ESG investing as soon as we get wow. into it. Wow. <laughs> Cut that out. <laughs> but um, I think this is going to be amazing. Just from like a personal standpoint, Yeah. Um, private jets, uh, companies that are buying this up. I mean, you just shrink the world down even further. Mm-hmm. If you think about it, it'll take you an hour to... Yeah. It'll take you an hour to drive into the city or it could take you an hour to fly to Paris. Crazy to think about. Yeah. So let's wrap this up with uh, our final judgment. Is supersonic travel the future? Yes. I agree. I think technology will only continue to uh, advance and develop. And with the kinds of investments and eyes that they're getting and attention from even from NASA, like which is helping them develop these overland and sonic thumps, like it's, I think it's inevitable, especially when it's in so many people's just best interest to have this kind of technology available. There's a lot of money to be made. And uh, yeah, I think we're in agreement. Yeah, so for the time being, uh, we hope you guys will be okay in first class. Um, and we'll keep you posted on, you know, the next, yeah. the greatest. And uh, we'll maybe make a vlog or maybe a podcast from our first business trip on uh, Supersonic. We, if they let, you know, like phones recording the first time. We'll, we'll make a couple calls. We'll shake some hands. We'll make it happen for you guys, okay? Of course, anything for our subscribers. <laughs> All right, guys. Over and out. Thank you for watching.